The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today on The Travel Guys... In the travel news, Delta employees have some spiffy new outfits. Only one problem, a nasty rash. And we have an update on the latest hotel scam. Hint, it involves housekeeping. Not housekeepers... But housekeeping details coming up next. After the shootings in Las Vegas, many hotels have changed their do not disturb policies. Now, what are the new rules and how might they impact you? And we answer the question when the early boarding uh, fees at Southwest, are, the question is, are they worth the money you're paying for them? We make you a smarter traveler coming up at 320. At 335, we take you live to Victoria, British Columbia, and connect with road reporter Chris Galloway for a look at one of North America's most beautiful cities. Plus, Chris tells you how you can join him on a Pacific Northwest adventure. At 345, we introduce you to Eagle Rider, the most popular motorcycle rental outfit in the country. How about a weekend on a Harley, anyone? Finally, at 335, I share my thoughts on a longtime Sacramento institution and why it's so important to our city. It's a beautiful Sunday in Sacramento. Happy Father's Day, dads. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We are the Travel Guys. On the road again. And here we are, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, and it's on with the show we go. Mark Hoffman and Sam Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And as always, remember now, you can follow along with the program and links to all that we talk about at TravelGuysRadio.com. Happy Father's Day, dads. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for I we we always end up with a live show on Mother's Day and Father's Day, and uh, we're, we're glad to be here to kind of entertain uh, family members as they run back and forth, picking up those last-minute things. Or as always, I, I know the dads like to gather around the radio and listen as a group to the travel guys on Sundays. It's, In the old days, a, a a tie was a, a you know a very popular Father's Day gift. Mm-hmm. So my dad is passed now, so I'm not I'm not looking for 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 Father's Day gifts. So I, I just want to know something, Dad Romano. Uh-huh. Um, since men don't wear ties anymore, basically, um, what 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 is now the the go to? You know, you don't know what to buy. I mean, you can't go to seize candy and buy Dad a. I mean, I guess you could, but. Um, what's what's the, what's the go-to gift? Maybe you know, maybe Luis can help us with this I in the other room. A, what, that's what, a good question. Yeah, By the wh- way, Seas Candy was cl- closed today uh-huh. over there in, in Rancho, which I find unusual because they would be open on Mother's yeah, Day. On Mother's Day, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, before Luis chimes in with his thoughts, I, uh-huh. I wanted to point out that if you listen to the radio, uh-huh. one of the things that's uh, pretty popular is uh, getting Dad some something new for his uh, for his golfing life. Yeah. If you listen to, you know, let's say Giants baseball 
you'll you'll hear a lot of uh, golfing stuff or or something for the digital world. Luis? So, Luis, so what's the go-to gift now for, for Father's Day? You're a couple of years younger than the guys on the other side of the microphones here. Uh, BuzzFeed says baggage, uh, duffel bags and golf bags. Duffel bags. See, well, Romano was, was, was kind of right there. Duffel bags and golf bags. So instead of cheap ties, we're, we're going with... Well, you know, I mean, with, for travel, you could, I guess, if you, if you got Dad a, you know, a nice little carry-on bag or something like that, you could... You know, if he already had one, why all the worst thing could happen is to go in the closet or go to Goodwill or something like a that. A lot, a lot of uh, items from the uh, home improvement stores. Ah, there you'll, you go. You'll see a lot of that. In fact, if you make a, I don't know how often you visit there, but I'm there all the time because I am. Mr. Can you say Home, home Depot gift card? Yes, Home yeah. Depot or Lowe's, which is primarily or our local down the street here at uh-huh. uh, Amy Hardware. I love that place. If you go in, they have they've stocked the entire store with just grab it and go Imagine gifts that. for dad. There I mean, you whether are. Whether it's a screwdriver thing or a 400 piece. Tool set for twenty nine ninety five. They they know what they like for fixer uppers. You know, here's the thing though, and I always kind of wonder about this. You give dad something like that, that mm-hmm. means that go fix something, do some work. Right. You ever you ever <laughs> realize what the ramifications would be if the wife is given either by the husband or the kids. Mm-hmm. Something like dishwashing an, soap or yeah, ironing board, <laughs> yeah. a mixer, something to you know uh-huh. that's very you know chauvinistic. Go cook, go clean. So give dad something to help with the fixer uppers. You know yeah. what the first story in the travel news is about the ultimate fixer upper. At the top of every travel guy's radio show, ladies and gentlemen, we do the travel news, and with it, Mister Mark. I Hoffman. have another ghost town for sale. You can buy this California ghost town, Cerro Gordo, C-E-R-R-O-G-O-R-D-O. It is near Death Valley, so it's been very, very well preserved over time. Low humidity and stuff tends to preserve buildings and the like. You can buy this entire town on 300 acres of land uh, from the gentleman who who wants it. It's only $925,000. So, Mr. Romano, if you saved up a million dollars for your retirement, you could buy this and still have seventy-five thousand to play around with. What um, a steal! On the side, it, listen, it's it's. Uh, uh, the gentleman says there's been a substantial amount of interest. Ideas have ranged from turning Cerro Gordo into a theme park um, or a marijuana town. I would say, quote, given the owner's interest with the town and love for the town, it's not only the price that's important, but for Future use, quite a few individuals want to buy it to rever- preserve history. There's a, there's a picture. You go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and there's a, a, yeah, a picture of it what there. What a steal. That, well, that's it, great. It, it looks a lot like uh, Gold Point, which is another godforsaken place out in the uh, <laughs> Nevada desert. But anyway, if you want a town of your own, $925,000. Get well, your dad one for, for Father's That's day. what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. There's the perfect Father's Day gift. Hey, Dad, I bought you a ghost town. Love and it. here's a $50 uh, Home Depot card. <laughs> To fix it up. <laughs> start with the fixer-upper. Um, California's most iconic highway, Highway 1, has been closed uh, for about a year because of a huge slide that occurred. That, well, not all of it, but just that slide area. Well, yeah, but basically you couldn't go from Monterey to Hearst Castle mm-hmm. uh, on that highway. And a lot of people, it's funny, Tom, how many people, because even tour operators are this way, how many people, they hear about that road and they, oh, I've got to drive that. And they're thinking it's like an eight-lane expressway or something like that, I yeah. guess. Yeah. They have no concept of that, that that road is not a 
the driver is not the driver needs to watch the road but oh, it's yeah. the passengers who are going to be scared to death and able to watch the scenery and so anyway the road is being uh reopened they had scheduled it for september but it looks like it's going to reopen in july mid-july um this wonderful stretch of highway one so you will be able to get from monterey down to hearst castle and in looking at what they've done the way they've graded the road and taken away the slide it looks as though in that particular area they may be able to withstand a slide or two because basically the whole mountain came down so they removed the mountain so now the road sits out a little bit away from the mountain so the next slide in that particular area probably won't impact the road good idea. doesn't change all the areas before and after that slide so it's still a very dangerous but very beautiful highway but if you want to drive it uh, sometime in mid-July, it's going to uh, it's going to reopen. Excellent. So Good outstanding. Um, we've talked a lot about in this program the last uh, couple of months about airlines and hotel chains matching status. You're a frequent traveler. You have a high status at United. You decide that you're mad at them, or for whatever reason, now your city you want to go to the most often is easier to get to on Delta. So you can go to Delta and say, look, you know, I'd like to have this status on your airline. Can you give me a challenge that will allow me to attain that in a short period of time? Maybe give me the status in the meantime. Southwest Airlines has announced that you can get matching status or A-list status with Southwest, Southwest which the basic... Uh, Premium there is that the, the benefit is that you get a guaranteed number in the A boarding group every time that you fly. They will give you the A-list status for 90 days if you can prove that you have premium status with another airline, and they will invite you to extend it for the full 12 months, provided you fly six flights in that 90-day period. So in essence, what they're doing is giving you the status, mm -hmm. very generous of them, and saying, here, earn it in this period of time. And then you can earn it for an entire year. So if you are a Southwest person and that's important to you, um, it's called a status match that you can get from Southwest Airlines. And all you have to do is go to uh, Southwest.com and uh, there is a status match portal or Southwest people online can walk you through it. Speaking of airlines, of course, airlines never get together and set prices or anything like that, but there's a three-year-old lawsuit. Is that a facetious uh, comment there? That, or is it, that was. Or was a little, that part of the news? That was a little facetious. Uh, three years ago, fact. the airlines were charged, four domestic carriers were charged with collusion and antitrust practices. American Delta, Southwest, and United, uh, the suit claims, illegally signaled to one another information about managing capacity in order to keep airfares elevated. Despite stagnant demand and increase and decreasing fuel costs, this is back a number of years ago. So, in other words, what the airlines were doing was communicating with each other and making sure that, well, you know, let's not have too much capacity on this one popular route. That's not legal. Um, the airlines got caught at that. And so, of course, they've all denied doing it. But American Airlines became the second of the four last week um, to agree to a settlement. They're going to pay forty-five million dollars, which, but of course. They didn't do anything wrong. Right, yeah. They're just, just, just paying the, the, the $45 million to make this go away because mm -hmm. they're good. They're basically good people. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they didn't. Southwest also agreed to pay $15 million to make it go away. So whatever Americans making go away, I'm guessing is three times worse than Southwest because they're having to pay three times more <laughs> to make something go away that they didn't do. And They had a bigger go away. A bigger go away. Finally, mm -hmm. the last item in the news here. 
this is kind of important. If you uh, and 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 the details are at travelguysradio.com, so you can look this up later on if you need to. If you're flying in Europe this summer, flights that are completely within Europe, so you get on in Rome, you get off in Frankfurt, you get on in Barcelona, you get off in Warsaw. Not trips across the pond, but trips that originate in Europe. There's a, a rule called called Rule 261. European folks, when their plane is terribly delayed and stuff, have rights with the airlines. So if you go to Europe and you have something that happens can't be weather-related, has to be something that's the airline's fault. The plane breaks down, bad scheduling, crew doesn't show up, things like that. It's European Rule 261. So if you're traveling to Europe this summer, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. You can look it up, and there will be some parameters there that will help you understand whether or not when you're in Europe and something stalls your travels, whether or not perhaps you can be compensated a little bit for it. And that's your travel news for today. And turn the microphone on. And we are the Travel Guys. <laughs> Want to shout out to uh, some new Travel Guys listeners, by the way. Jess, Jake, Chelsea, Jeff, Jan, Jack, and Stephanie. Uh, they promised they would listen. This is a quiz. When I talk to you later, <laughs> next time, uh, if, you, if you can tell me the order that I just read the names, uh, you will be compensated <laughs> With a, uh, nothing really. But. Threatening your relatives now yes. from the radio? No, well, they're not all relatives. Is that relatives, the deal? But... <laughs> when we come back after this break, we're going to make you a smarter traveler by updating you on those do not disturb signs. In that, Vegas uh, or other places. And all kinds of all over the places. And also Started we're going to talk a little bit about the early bird check-in for Southwest Airlines. I've I always a, get that. I hope that's good news. I've heard a lot of people grumbling lately, and I have some wisdom, good, bad, or otherwise, and if we have room, I have the secret for ordering a perfectly cooked steak when you're traveling. Outstanding. That's next on The Travel Guy. Here we go. We're stuck in Lodi again. You know, I. here we are. The Travel Guys, Mark and Tom, brought to you by Sports Leisure Va- Just Vacations. Here it go. You're going to sing uh, Lodi? All the Creedence songs all sound the same. If you notice... When the song starts, you can almost lay the same words on any one of their melodies. <laughs> um, anyways, well, you know, I, I liked Credence. Oh, Lord, Stuck in Lodi again. That song actually was that that was a, a pop song before they did it. I mean, not that they weren't pop, but, you know, there were some guys. It was a ballad done as, oh, Lord, you know, they, they kind of made Lodi famous. But it was done by a, a lounge singer who basically ended up in Lodi one night. And that's, oh, Lord, Stuck in Lodi again. Really, I, I thought yeah. I thought that uh, John Fogarty and uh, see you're the musical historic that. guy. I'll look that up. I thought John Fogarty wrote that about uh, the band. He was with a group called the Gollywogs before the uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival was uh-huh. Creedence. They were the Gollywogs. Wow. And uh, and I thought it was. I can see the, why they changed their name. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> all right. Enough of that. It's Let's a get travel back. show. The travel. You'd stuff. never know it by listening to no. it. But I'm Mark Hoffman. He is Tom Romano. Um, he used to be to my right, but now he's across the practically across the hallway there. Yeah, I, I did. I moved to another position um, in the studio, which nobody cares about. This so is the segment of the show with it where we make you a smarter traveler when we have time, when we start stop babbling. Um, I thought this was really cool. About uh, I'm going to put this one from the back, from the back to the first. About getting a perfectly cooked steak, and this guy has a th- this lady has a theory, and she's a longtime chef. And so I'm guessing that there might be some credence to what she's saying. She says that the cost of meat has gotten so ridiculous that if you go into a restaurant and you order a steak, Mm -hmm. you are much, much, much more likely to have it undercooked than overcooked. 
because an overcooked steak, of course, has to be thrown away, and an undercooked steak can be fixed. Right. I've, so, I've, um, I would agree that that's the case. So, she, so she, what she is saying is that if you want your steak done to a true medium or mm-hmm. true medium well or well, especially you get up into the, the more done portion, she said you have to tell your server that that's exactly what you want and, 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 and be descriptive and get on the same wavelength with your server before it goes to the kitchen, and that will save you from having to send it back once because the chef is thinking, well, you know, I want to make sure that this person knows what they're talking about because if I send it out overdone, a ribeye steak that's costing the restaurant $9 a pound, then that's going to be a problem for the chef. Anyway, I thought that was kind of so, interesting. So are you saying that you should order it a little uh, a little less cooked than what you want no, you're and go- then send it back to no, get it No, you're right? going to get it a little less cooked is what I'm saying. Okay. So, it, so you might be, if you want it medium, but you like it on the done side of medium. Uh-huh then order it medium well, because the chef is going to say, eh, I don't want to really make it a true medium well here. I'm going to cheat a little down a little this, bit. This is ironic that you bring this up. My my brother-in-law ordered a steak at a restaurant last night, uh-huh. and he likes it medium well. Okay. okay. And it came out, and uh, it was mooing. I see. Okay. Blood is running out. Of, see, and, I can't eat a steak like that. And and, and he norm, never complains about a steak, and he sent it back. <sighs> And they uh, they they warmed it up, and it uh-huh. came back, and it was not much better. It and, was, and it was the third th- third still, time, third time dying, but and, and they and they they got, they got it right. And uh, so uh, I, I never send a steak back for the second time because it's never it's never going to end pretty. Because when you send it back the second time, the chef's going to say, "All right, you yeah, SOB, I, I know. I'll, I'll show you now. Yes. This, this sucker's going to be." But anyway, for those of you who like. For those of you who like your steaks to still be talking to you when it come out, this is not a problem. It's actually good news for you. All right. Let's see here. Let's make you a smarter traveler. Southwest early bird check-in. Yes, I love that, uh, except for it's never early bird. Well, yeah, so many people are taking it now, and also there are a lot of exceptions to people. The A through 1 through 15 slots go to people who are willing to buy the, uh, the business fare. Let's call right. it the business fare. There are two different levels. Right. But if you buy that and pay let's call it 25, 30% more, you're going to be in that one through 15 group. Okay. You bought the ticket before you ever got to the airport and paid a lot more money, you're in that one to 15 group. The next group of people are all the people like Mark who flew 25 times last year with Southwest or more, and they're on what they call A-list. The A-list. So starting with 16, they assign us numbers. You might have four or five of those people on one of your flights. You could have 20 of those people on one of your flights. And, and then comes the disabled. And the folks, they're going to get on first anyway, the folks who have medical reasons to get mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And in between the A and B group, they will catch all the families, plus anybody who who is an A-lister who forgot to something happened and they didn't get checked in properly, so they can all board. So the reality is that there aren't that many boarding passes available to you in the A group anyway if you move up. And so some people now, I'm hearing a lot of grumbling from people, oh, I've got B-22 and I, I paid them $15. That's to, right. Yeah. If you get an A, you're lucky. So this is the deal. Um, I, if, you, if you really think that, you, that, that it's a good deal for you, then go ahead and do it. But I'm going to suggest you, when you get to the airport, if there are any of those 1 to 15 slots left, Southwest sells them at the airport for between $30 and $50, depending on the length of the flight. That's where you step up. So and you just walk up to the uh, counter and uh, ask yeah, it, if they usually, have any? Usually there's a sign that says it's available. But, yeah, you can okay. just walk up and ask if any of the 1 through 15 positions are available. And then you're going to get on the plane early enough to maybe snag one of those two seats that have the extra leg room. 
um, on them, or at least to have a better choice of seats. Does that uh, travel with you to the uh, connection? No, it does not. You have to buy it again for the connection. So particularly on those long non-stops, like the Baltimore in the morning or a non-stop, you know, it's going to St. Louis or something like that might be uh, a good idea. All right, we have a couple minutes left here. I want to talk a little bit about the Do Not Disturb policy updates, um, which are, are, to me, this is a total no-brainer. I mean, it's a hotel room. The hotel is certainly uh, able to get into your room, uh, once every couple of days to just to check and make sure not that you're going to shoot somebody, but to make sure that their property is OK and that you haven't you know, you're not doing something in there that is going to cause them a problem, a maintenance problem or something. So like the that. new rule is, well, the new rule is that the hotels are basically saying you put the do not disturb sign on that. Yes, we'll try not to disturb you. But once every 24 hours, somebody's going to come into the room just to make sure everything is OK. So do not disturb means, yeah, probably not. I'm guessing that hotels will use some discrepancy. I spoke to a Marriott manager the other day, and he said we would never go into a room uh, before 11 o'clock in the morning. But he said, yes, if the do not disturb sign is on the door for more than 24 hours, we are going to go into your room at some point just to make sure that everything is okay there. He said, also, we've had two or three situations. This guy's been a Marriott manager for 15 years. He says, I've had two or three situations where a hotel that I was in, the Do Not Disturb sign is on the store. Something has happened to the person inside the room. And he said, over the years, we go in the room and find, he said, you know, one time we found someone who had expired. So there you go. So the Do Not Disturb thing means they probably won't come into your room, but... Um, they're going to come in at some point in time. They have a pass key, and they're, they're going the hotel is reserving the right to come in at some point in time. I think that uh, is only fair. All right, we are the Travel Guys, and coming up, we take you live to Victoria, British Columbia, and connect with road reporter Chris Galloway. That's coming up next, and as always, follow along at TravelGuysRadio.com. The news is next. Come away with Happy me. Father's Day, folks. We are the Travel Guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, underwritten by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark? I should tell folks that uh, one little item here before you go to Chris Galloway, the latest scam that frequent travelers are talking about in airports mm-hmm. is the to turn down housekeeping and get some free points or some kind of free amenity yeah, or something I, I like that. I get that all the time free when I stay with Starwoods. So. Well, uh, a lot of guys are deal? reporting that the points are never showing up in their accounts. That's the problem is that you're, you're agreeing to this stuff, but then you got to go back you know, and it's 500 points or yeah, something. It's not a lot. I haven't been looking. But if you, if, if, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, if you turn down housekeeping, if you say, you know, there's a little sign you can put out that says, I don't need housekeeping today, which kind of ties into this do not disturb thing we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, then the hotel says, great, you're not using our housekeeping services. We'll reward you in some way. Extra points, a free appetizer, glass mm-hmm. of wine, whatever it is. And people are kind of reporting that um, when it's something that's supposed to be credited to their account, that they're, in some cases, having to call two or three times to get this minuscule number of points credited to them. So they're saying, you know, this is really kind of a scam. The hotel is saying, well, we'll do this for you. But frequently, they are not. And wow. I, I've, this has been a subject of conversation a couple times Recently in airports, just the things that I've overheard, and it's kind of unusual to have something like this come up twice. I'm guessing they weren't naming names. We we don't know who the culprits might uh, be. No, I didn't hear any sp- specific hotel change. It just seems to be kind of a... Uh, I'll go back and check my account. Kind of a problem. Uh, Chris Galloway is joining us all the way from, from British Columbia. Chris, do you ever turn down housekeeping? 
Absolutely not. I like a nice clean room, well, and I like my bed made up. See, that's the thing. I mean, I don't wash my towels every no, day I'm when guessing, I'm at home. But I'm guessing that, Chris, you, you probably don't make your bed at home either, do you? You know what? I do. I do. So well, that's kind of why I like somebody else to do I it see. when I'm staying in a hotel. Okay, but, you know, all right. Yeah. Okay. You clean the toilet every day at home, too? or No, maybe, probably I, not. I can assure you I do not do that. See, this is why I tip housekeepers, as I believe anybody who cleans the toilet is worthy of a, of a buck or two. Chris Galloway is joining us all the way from Victoria, British Columbia, which I think most people who have been there would agree is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. It's fantastic, and we have, we have hit just a, a perfect streak of beautiful weather, blue skies, nice breeze. It's it's truly spectacular up here right now. You guys had some flight seeing or something that you were going to be doing. Have you done that already? We just finished with that. Um, even the the, uh, the pilot looked over at me and said, this is spectacular. Um, just completely blue skies. There's not even a haze over the water. You could see the uh, Olympic mountain range. You could see Mountain Baker in the distance. Uh, just it was truly a magical experience. Chris, what's the number one reason people go to Victoria, do you think? What's the, is it Butchart Gardens? Is that kind of the, the number one draw there? Well, you know, I, I think the, the Butchart Gardens, of, of course, it's their number one attraction. And I think that people always tend to enjoy that. Um, I think maybe that's what initially will make people want to come. But I think once they get here, they, they see that the, the city is just so accessible. Um, I mean, it's really... It's a classy city, it's beautiful, and it's got everything you need. And it's a really easy city to get around in. It's very pedestrian-friendly. So, you know, you can come back to the hotel and rest in the afternoon and then go out for dinner along the waterfront at night. You could shop all day along Government Street. There's just an endless array of things to do here. Chris, we talk a lot about some popular tourism destinations now becoming overcrowded, and I know you've shifted your summer Victoria trip into June to be a little bit more on the, the front end of the busy season there. Um, is, is Victoria indeed becoming one of those places that you, you have to be careful of going to during the, the peak travel times? Well, let me just tell you this. I just learned yesterday they have 247 scheduled cruise ship arrivals this summer. So we are on the early portion of the season. Um, there is a one cruise ship in today. So you really don't notice it that much. You know, uh, the town's big enough it can absorb that. But when they have two, three, four cruise ships docked here, uh, yeah, it's busting at the seams. So th the last couple of years, we've come in July or the first week of August. And it, it's been pretty crowded. But this particular time, um, everything's it, – it's good. The, the crowds are here, but they're not unmanageable. What's your favorite thing to do in Victoria? You were up there with the groups of people once or twice a year. I know you're going back at the holiday season. What's your – what's the one thing that – Despite the fact that you go all the time, you know, those of us who get to, are lucky enough to go to these wonderful destinations on a regular basis, what's the one thing that you get to Victoria and you're like, oh, I'm back in Victoria, I can eat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a foodie, and this town has some fantastic restaurants, fresh seafood, and, and they've got any and everything you can imagine, you know, just around the hotel up one street, um, all different types of Asian foods. Um, up around the other side, you know, you've got steaks and, and seafood and just any and everything you can imagine. So when I come here, I typically have to lift the belt out a notch. You've got to name names here, Chris. <laughs> it can dro drop a couple of restaurant names for our folks that are got that on their schedule. 
Well, one uh, place that I really like, it's located just right along the Inner Harbor, and it's a place that I take our group to. Um, it's called Milestones, and they're actually a kind of upscale casual dining chain here in, uh, in Canada. But they always do a really good job, and the setting there is just fantastic. Uh, they've got two levels, and you can actually be right down by the water. Um, it, it's so much fun because the, the inner harbor is the hub of activity here. You've got the, the little boats going in and out. You've got seaplanes taking off. I mean, it's just there's always something going on. It's just a really fun place to have a good meal and enjoy the the, uh, the energy, the environment. We're talking with reporter Chris Galloway. He is live with us from Victoria, British Columbia. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find links to Victoria Tourism. So if you want to go there on your own, you can. Uh, Chris, you have another Pacific Northwest uh, journey coming up later on this summer, one that's kind of on the 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 backside of the busy season, uh, where you take folks up to Puget Sound for a few days and go out to the San Juan Islands. Tell us a little bit about that trip in case someone who's listening might want to join you. You're talking about a trip that I call Postcards from Puget Sound. I just love that title. Um, so, yeah, we, we explore Whidbey Island and some of the little smaller uh, coastal communities there, Langley, Coopville. Um, these are old uh, fishing towns that, you know, kind of started to fall into disrepair, but then the, the artists had moved in. And so now they're full of boutique shopping and galleries and that sort of thing. So uh, we spend a whole day just kind of exploring Whitby Island. Uh, and then we make our way up and stay at the Majestic Inn in Anacortes. The hotel itself is a destination. Um, historic building, just they do a wonderful job with the food. Beautiful place to be. But then, as you said, we do take the ferry up and we go spend a full day touring San Juan Island. So you arrive into Friday Harbor and then we tour around, visit the alpaca farm. Uh, we learn the story of the pig war or the pig skirmish. You know this one, I'm sure. Uh -huh. It has to do with a pig and a potato. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a big, it, 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 it was a big deal. I mean, you know, people get PO'd at the smallest things. <laughs> <laughs> But um, and, and then, of course, we do some flight seeing out of Roach Harbor, and uh, that's up on the, uh, the northern side of San Juan Island. And the, the scenery there is just gorgeous. You know, as you fly over all the little dotted islands, um, it, again, that, that's magical, too. I love seaplanes. I have decided that is something that when I can find that experience, I will do it. So you're, you're saying that our, our most of the flight seeing that you do uh, is on seaplanes? Uh, for, for these two destinations, yes, because awesome. that is, it's it's really um, an easy way to get around, and people use it for transportation purposes. Sure. But so what we do is we we charter the flights, and then they just take us for flight seeing, as we call it. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great. It really is a great way because that area is so spectacular up there. Of course, you know you 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 play a little bit of a risk when you're flight seeing the Pacific Northwest because the weather is a little bit more unpredictable there. And I'll take the front seat, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's some days when you can't fly, but when you can, it really is awesome. I should mention here that uh, the underwriter of this program, Sports Leisure Vacations, also has another Pacific Northwest trip this summer, uh, Planes and Trains of the Pacific Northwest, that goes in August. If you are someone who enjoy, who enjoys train rides and who likes airplanes, i.e. The, the Boeing Museum, Chris, that's a trip I think that you have taken in the past. I have, I have. Um, yeah, the uh, the Boeing Future of Flight. Um, that's not so much a museum. It that is the actual production line. Um, you go in and you are standing above, looking down on the production floor as planes are being built. 
Um, that is also where the, the brand-new Dreamliner 787 is being built, so you get to see that in different phases of production. Um, that is a really, really awesome tour. And as someone like me who's been there several times, it's really fun because I get to see it, and it's always different because it's always in a different phase of production. But, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're into airplanes, that is absolutely something that you want to check out. If you're still looking for something to do this summer, uh, a trip to the Pacific Northwest is something that shouldn't be missed. Um, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and we have links to some of those. Or at SportsLeisure.com, you can find information on the uh, postcards from Puget Sound trip that Chris was talking about. He goes to Victoria a couple of times a year. Uh, his Unfortunately, his Christmas trip is already full. I know he's... But, 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 but. Yes? I've already got two departures for June next year. So that's going to be June 2nd through the 6th and the 7th through the 11th. So if anyone's interested, put that on your calendar. Be looking for it. It will be in the, the 2019 Dream Book. So wait a minute. You, you're going to Victoria twice back-to-back next year? Man, I'll tell I you, you what, like you, you have a really tough job, Christopher. I mean, I, I, I don't know how, how anybody could possibly subject themselves to something having to go to Victoria on, on back-to-back trips. My goodness. You know, you just white-knuckle it, and, and I just take it for the team. There you go. Yeah, and of course, as you know, he doesn't get paid to do that. Uh, it's, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he doesn't get paid to do that. Chris Galloway joining us from Victoria, British Columbia. If you have not been there, I just strongly recommend it. Here's what happens, Tom, is I hire people, and then they find these des- – they, they, they get into my favorite destinations, and I never get to go I again. I was going to say, this is, wasn't this your tour? Yeah, <laughs> many, many, many years ago. Chris, yeah. thank you for joining us, buddy. See you uh, back in Sacramento in a few days. All right, you guys take care. Thank Alrighty. you. righty. Go, um, go have some more fun. Well, we are the Travel Guys. Any final words, Mark? Uh, we are going next. We're going to take people who might be motorcycle riders. That's right. Uh, an opportunity to be able to rent a bike, go across the country, travel the old highways, whatever about that. And also, I've got a few personal thoughts about a Sacramento institution. We are the Travel Guys. Welcome to the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And uh, follow along at TravelGuysRadio.com. We like to bring in guests who have something a little bit different. And recently I had the opportunity to attend IPW, International Powwow, which is a huge show uh, where the United States sells itself to the planet. And there I saw a booth for Eagle Rider, which is way to rent a big bike and go anywhere around the country and greg williamson is the chief marketing officer and greg is here to tell us a little bit about eagle rider greg welcome to the travel guys yeah thanks for having me guys greg tell us a little bit about the bikes where can people get them what's a popular route tell us a little bit about eagle rider Sure. So Eagle Rider, we're the global leader in motorcycle rentals and tours. We've been doing this since 1992 is when the, the company was founded. And we, we manage about 2,500 to 3,000 motorcycles in a nationwide network that are available for uh, both rentals and tours. So are the bikes available all over the country? Can you basically get an Eagle Rider in just about every part of the U.S.? Yeah, that, that's that's accurate. Yeah, we have about 150 locations nationwide. About 20 of those locations are corporate stores, and the balance run out of Harley Davidson dealerships. But we're in every major, internet, you know, uh, international inbound travel city tourist location, as well as this popular uh, motorcycle 
uh, riding locations as well, but about 150 in total across the country. Greg, tell me, who rents an Eagle Rider? Who is your typical customer? Sure. So we, you have to look at it almost by product. We have a rentals business, which is just like it sounds, very similar to a car rental. It's typically people that are riding for a day or two, maybe a long weekend. That's typically a domestic customer that's coming in uh, either in their home city and they just want to do something different or traveling and coming by to pick up a bike to, to see a city in a different way or a location in a different way. And then we have our tour business, which is about 50 to 60% international inbound travel. So folks coming from outside the U.S. to come experience the U.S. on the, on the back of a motorcycle, you know, along some of our iconic roads that uh, are great for motorcycling. Greg, let me ask you, uh, do you require that the riders that are uh, renting uh, have a particular kind of insurance? Uh, you know, what's the liability? Uh, how does that work? Sure. So we offer insurance products. Um, and it's really up to the customer. If they, if they have an insurance uh, coverage that um, already, they can certainly choose to use that or, or certainly choose to, you know, insure themselves. But we offer, much like uh, other rental companies, a couple of different options as far as insurance products that protect against not only damage, but um, theft or any sort of other liability that may incur uh, along a trip. Greg, I was just out on Route 66 from Chicago to Oklahoma City about six, seven weeks ago. It was, I don't know, my two dozenth trip along the old highway. And ever since I started making Making trips along Route 66 in the mid 90s, um, you one of the main groups of travelers on the old highway are international travelers, and one of the main ways that they travel that road is by bike. And it, it, I saw it 20 years ago. I saw it again when I was out there. It has to be one of the most popular European vacations to the United States is to come over here. Um, get You talked about iconic roads, and, and certainly Route 66 is one of those. No, it's, it's a great observation. You're absolutely right. It's, it's always amazing how the international inbound traveler, particularly the European traveler, uh, is drawn to Route 66. And for obvious reasons, it's just, you know, you see just about every aspect of the U.S., the international customer really appreciates the idea of getting on a bike and getting on a highway and being able to ride for days and days. It's one of the things that America can offer that many other riding locations around the globe don't. And as a byproduct of that, it's really become our sort of flagship tour and one of our most popular routes. And we offer it in a variety of packages depending on where you want to start and where you want to end up and how many days you have to uh, spend on the road. So it's, uh, it's, it's really the crown jewel of what Eagle Rider offers. Greg, I got uh, two quick questions before we wrap up here. First of all, uh, when you rent from you, from, from Eagle Rider, uh, can you rent in one location and drop off at another so that you don't just necessarily, you know, have to come back the way you, the way you went? And number oh, two, what is, what, is, uh, what is your normal rate for, uh, uh, how do you determine your daily rate or whatever it is? Absolutely. So you're you're absolutely correct. So the the network I spoke of of the 150 locations is all connected. So it's one of the biggest benefits we have over anyone else's in this business in that you can do one-way rentals, uh, to your point, which is how a lot of people want to travel, particularly if they're on some sort of brief tour or long weekend, pick up in one place, see the route along the way, and drop off in another. That's absolutely how we operate. So the, 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 the network is completely connected in that way as far as pick-up and drop-off locations. And then as far as rates, you know, we, we, we divide our bikes into essentially, you know, three different classes. We have touring class bikes, which are, you know, some of the bigger bikes that are meant for long haul travel. We have sport class, and then we have classic class. And the rates will vary uh, depending on 
the size of the bike or the, or the model of the bike, I should say, and the length of rental, but anywhere from $89 a day up to $169 a day, depending on the type of bike and how long you're taking the bike out for. There's discounts, obviously, the longer you rent or the bigger your group is. If you are looking to rent a bike and go on a short trip, a long trip, maybe you don't have your own bike, maybe you had a bike back in the day, and you'd like to resurrect a little bit of that memory. Eagle Rider is the, the, the renowned motorcycle rental in the country, so you can get them all over 150 locations and take off yourself on Route 66. Greg, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time today. We will post uh, at TravelGuysRadio.com a link to the Eagle Rider website, so if you'd like to find out more information on how to get a bike and take off you can just go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We'll have all that for you. Thanks again, Greg. Thanks, guys. And again, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. Get a link to Eagle Rider, not Easy Rider. Mark, you ever ride a motorcycle? Eagle. I, uh, I had a relative in my family who met his end on a motorcycle yeah. when I was a kid. So the word in our family was, unless you want to end up like Uncle, you know, Uncle, I yeah. then don't... Uh, don't do that. Um, Delta Airlines has broken out some new uniforms, some spiffy new purple uniforms. The only problem was one of the apron straps or something is giving everybody a rash. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, American Airlines had the same thing happen to them uh, last year. They released some new. They had 3,500 adverse reactions uh, when they had their new uniform so good luck to the delta folks uh, listen i went to a great music circus show uh last week last tuesday night singing in the rain which has got to be the absolute oldest show in history i mean it's 19 the movie was done almost 100 years ago um it was really one of the best one of the best shows i've ever seen at music circus and I, I saw Richard Lewis at intermission, and I, I said something to Richard I wanted to share here, and that is that, you know, they step outside. They made it rain on the stage. Oh, wow. Um, which caused a lot of cleanup, and, of course, the people in the first row got a slightly soggy. Um, but it really made for the, uh, uh, for the, the, the some realism. If you saw Singing in the Rain and you saw the scene where the sure. guy dances in the rain, Gene Kelly, yeah. and you saw it on the stage in Sacramento, you saw the exact same thing. Um, the quality of the the acting, the quality of the shows, and one thing I realized the other night when I was at the show is that the people who come to Music Circus, many of them have been coming for a long time. They consider that show, and I too consider that show to be a community asset. I mean, the Music Circuit is Circus isn't just some theater. It's do you realize there's only a couple of those in the whole country, these theaters in the round? Do you realize that folks in New York will tell you that people, they line up to get on the stage in Sacramento because if you can do theater in the round in Sacramento, it's a really great thing to put on your resume. I mean, imagine that, you know, arts in Sacramento. So congratulations to Richard and all the people who make that happen every week. There's a lot of volunteers and a lot of good people who work hard on that. The Music Circus really is a community asset in Sacramento, and I really thank them for that. All right, that wrapping up a Travel Guys radio program next week. Take to the Abalone Festival and, and lots more to make you a smarter traveler, Mark. We'll see you next week. Dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends.